really like teaching mindset and I like teaching people how to live life because I think we've been taught how to die but we don't know how to live right no one gave us a philosophy of life you know so we're all preparing everything that we do to die but in between that there's life and so my whole thing is that I teach people how to live life in attack mode not defense because in defense mode you know you, no one will score against you but you can't win any games like that for sure so we play life in defense we live life holding back and fear holds us back and so my thing is I've always been like my question I've always had, I've always had has always been what does the world look like if everybody can apply themselves and actually express that which is latent within them and yeah. see what happens then because then that's that's how the problems of the world get solved hello out there you're listening to another episode of the gray ave podcast and i am your host gray jabez and the gray ave podcast is all about survival skills for the 21st century so we're always looking for new survival skills and we learn through uh, having conversations with people that are out in the world making things happen uh, and if you're listening to the gray app for the first time you can find us on social media uh, but most importantly you can listen to the gray app on apple Podcasts, spotify itunes and all these other big podcasting or music platforms and then you you know whenever a new episode is out which is weekly you will be able to get notified so today i have another exciting guest as always uh today we have a very different a divine human being by the name of master louis if you follow him on social media uh real name is lulane devro but um master louis uh, for short so master louis is an inventor an author of a book called The Mastery Code and a mentor. Uh, he is well known for, uh, for fi- founding and uh, being the CEO of Lohokla Beverages. Uh, and for those of you who do, who do not know what Lohokla is actually, you might just learn it from me. Uh, so Lohokla is basically uh, alcohol spelled backwards. Essentially, it's the world's first premium anti-hangover shooter. So if you're one of those guys who like to have a good time on weekends or in the evening, but you know, you have shit to do in the morning, you don't want to be, you know, be worried about a hangover, what you do is just take a cocktail uh, made of Lohokla and you will have a perfect day just like you didn't even touch any alcohol last night. So Louis founded that and we talk a lot about finding that kind of company or developing the product which took him years to get it together. So yeah, that's one, one of the things we discussed. We also covered how to become a speaker because he is a speaker himself. Uh, we discussed uh, NDAs, are they, are they relevant or they, it's stupid to have NDAs for entrepreneurs. And uh, we also discussed writing books because he's an author and we discuss black tax you guys already know if you do not know what black tax is just you know listen to the podcast you'll be able to understand what that is all about it we discuss money and obtaining new life skills you know things that he had to learn on the way you know we all have some kind of skill sets that we born with you know innately but then there are things that we have to learn uh, out in the world so i was curious about what are the things that he had to put in some work to learn because uh, there are things that you know we can be natural about and we can be good or better than others but i'm mostly interested in what people have had to learn 
for themselves. I enjoyed recording this podcast myself. Louis is a stand-up dude and has a mind of his own. Uh, very eccentric and in some ways contrarian as well. So I hope you get um, you, know, you 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 listen to this with an open mind uh, and see where this can take you. You know, Louis is all about thinking big because he does really think big, and he he's, he challenges some of the most common practices or thought processes or mindsets that uh, we sometimes have as people, right? So uh, I won't even bore you with more commentary. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Louis. Just give a little bit of a intro to yourself. Who people are wondering, who is this guy who is wearing his wristwatch on the right? And <laughs> right now, we just changed my philosophy. Actually, I will get back to wearing my wristwatch on the right arm. I'm not gonna tell you anything. No, <laughs> not anymore. Um, but yeah. So, what is? How do you introduce yourself? Um, so yeah, I'm Llewellyn. Um I am. What am I? I am. I guess an inventor. I'm an author now. Mm. An author now. That's real. Books coming out November. Um, I'm a writer. I am a speaker. I guess I, I teach principal. Mm. Um, that's what I teach people. I'm a mentor. I teach help organizations with people's mindset. But the main thing is that I really like teaching. I really like teaching mindset, and I like teaching people how to live life. Because I think we've been taught how to die, but we don't know how to live. Right. No one gave us a philosophy of life. You know, so we're all preparing everything that we do to die. But in between that, there's life. And so my whole thing is that I teach people how to live life in attack mode, not defense. Because in defense mode, you know, you, no one will score against you, but you can't win any games like that. For sure. So we play life in defense and live life holding back and fear holds us back. And so my thing is I've always been, like the question I've always, had, I've always had has always been, what does the world look like if everybody can apply themselves and actually express that which is latent within them? And yeah. see what happens then. Because then that's, that's how the problems of the world get solved. You know, no government's going to come solve any problems. We must solve our problems ourselves as people. Yeah, for sure. We like to moan and we like to moan and bitch about many things because we don't want to get to work. We like to blame everybody else for what we do go through. So basically for me, I'm about let's get things moving. Let's get things out there. Let's start things. Let's finish what we start. That's like the things I live by. Mm -hmm. So, but it's been a process, it's been a journey. Uh, I started off this journey by inventing a product that helps people with hangovers called Lohakla. It's alcohol spelled backwards. I had that idea in 2012. I had many ideas before that, but this one was the one that was like, okay, this one looks like it, it makes sense. I can play for blood here. Mm -hmm. Before I was just playing just for, you know, I wasn't playing for keeps. But this time I was playing for keeps. And, you know, seven, eight years later, we have product right now that's in pick and pay. It's nationwide now. We're going to start exporting to the UK. We're, you know, we're just expanding. We're scaling right now, raising capital to, to scale right now. And it's automated. And I'm just on to the next thing right now. And I'm just about going and saying my whole thing is that let us build ideas. Let us see what we can do. Let us see what we can create. And I'm about solving problems, but not problems as per se. I just want to make life dope again. I want to right. make life exciting again. Because, like, I remember the times when we had, like, the Nokia 3014s that came out. It was exciting right, times. right, right, you're right. We had all these phones and we had all these devices. When the PS2 came out, the new kid was exciting. And then life got to a point where it just plateaued. Mm -hmm. And now it's like everything comes out. You don't get excited about the new iPhone launch anymore like you used to back in the days. Nothing yeah. exciting anymore. So my thing is that how do we disrupt but create excitement? For people once again and release that in a child so you know um there's this talk that peter Thiel has have been having recently about stagnation that we're i actually had this discussion with a guy called fazam Isani. he's the founder of nco valor the cryptocurrency exchange so we had a discussion around this topic of stagnation where 
you know, there, there hasn't been really new things anymore, like mm -hmm. really innovative ideas, right? The last time I was excited about any, uh, something that was like, wow, it was when Uber came out. Mm -hmm. I remember clearly because a few, two years later after that, I sold my car and I've been, I haven't owned a car since then. You know, yeah. that was the, a life-changing moment yeah. to me. Yeah. Since Why then, it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So since then, I, ha I haven't seen anything yet. Mm. You know, maybe Airbnb. But after that, I, ha I haven't seen anything yet because I mean, after Airbnb, I also don't leave it. Um, I haven't stayed at a hotel for four years now, mm. right? So since then, it's just like the iPhones coming out, like you said, really nothing exciting, nothing yeah, new about it. New camera, new <laughs> so there haven't been been a breakthrough. But what do you think? That's the reason why we're at this point now. Well, I think you know, it's it's, it's all about a movement. So it's almost it's almost like. You know, people that are always going to be creating anything are always going to be young people, mm. right? And so what happens is that most of these ideas that we've had have come obviously from developed nations. And the whole thing about developed nations right now is that they have a very old aging population right now. Yeah. So the younger people aren't really as, the ideas that they've done, because of it's all saturated right now. Right. So right now we're looking at the new frontier, which is my passion, the third world. The third world is where you have the youngest, the, the highest population of young people ever, where they're dealing with a different world, a different problem scope, where they are literally born and bred in the digital age right now. So we're about to see a whole new different world in Africa, South America, and India right now, in Asia, right? right? So it's almost like you look at like um, why in Africa the cell phone was adopted quicker than in America. is because in America they had to let go of this, the telephone first. Right. Whereas in Africa, there were not many people have telephones, so like the cell phone just swept through. Right. So what's happening is the fact that we have a deactivated continent right now. And so because of that, all the ideas that we have are coming from saturated people, from an activated uh, population, which is in the third, which is in the first world. Yeah. And they're trying to press those ideas here. And we have a deactivated population of young people who haven't activated themselves to a point where they can go and create the new ideas. And those are the ideas that the world is looking for. It's like in Death Valley, there's a place in Death Valley in America where apparently it never rains, mm. right? And so there's a point in the story I heard the one time where there was this one time where it did rain. It rained so much, but what happened a week later was that all of a sudden there were all these flowers everywhere growing, you know? Right. And the question is, people are asking themselves, yeah, great flowers can grow in here, but where have these seeds have where have these seeds been? Yeah. And the whole story about Death Valley is the fact that these seeds have been lying dormant, waiting for the right time, the right opportunity right. for like rain to come and spring into action. And I think that's where we are right now in the third world where you know, the ideas are boring, they're saturated, it's lame, and everyone's looking here right now and saying, what's going to happen? Right. Who's going to take the charge of whatever, whatever's going to be happening? And everything is lying dormant, waiting for the right time, which I think we're in right now. Yes. You know, which, which, which I think we are. And, uh, and it's, 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 it's basically just creative destruction that's about to happen right now. You know, it, industry's dying to give birth to new ones. Mm -hmm. that's, that's basically what, what Jesus Schumpeter was saying, the economist in the 40s. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting what you said about, say, the first world and the third world, because it seems like the, the first world has become a bureaucracy-driven economy, you know, whereas yes. you just have to climb ladders for you to reach a certain point, right? Yes. It's ranks, whereas for the third world, you have to be innovative for you to actually stand out or to, to, to succeed in those economies. That's why you've seen a lot of... Uh, creativity and a lot of innovation in India, new companies been born out of Africa and you know people like yourself coming up with uh, new products now mm -hmm. that the world needs and now look you're taking it back now to the first world right it's a very uh, interesting time but um, 
So you said you are author now, your book is coming up, you are an inventor. What are you doing before all this? I was in the system. Okay. <laughs> I was in the system. I was at school. Um, I studied economics, economic science, apparently. Um, that's what I finished up with eventually. Um, that was years ago. And I was just, I guess, going through the motions, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I did a little bit of law, did a little mm. bit of that, did a bit of that. And right after Varsity, when Varsity is when I had the major idea. Like I said, I had many ideas before this. But I was just playing around. It was just cash here, cash there, whatever. But I never took it seriously mm -hmm. in terms of I could build my life around it, you know. And I think it was in my final year or two of studying that I really went into like a lot of like YouTube. I was spending less time in class and spending more time in YouTube. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then I was like listening to all these different talks. When Ted was like huge, when Ted was starting I, out, I remember. I was in that, you know. Yeah. And I was like, man, these people are here thinking so interesting. And I was like, dope. Um, and I think that's when like my journey of self-awareness began. And that's when I started to unlearn and learn all the bullshit, get rid of everything that I was taught and programmed with and to reprogram myself. I don't know what I was doing back then. I talk about it now because now I've got the words for it, but back then I didn't know what I was doing. So that was basically what was happening and I was at school and then my final year I had the idea and I told myself I was going to go and give it, try it for a year. If it didn't work out, I'll go back to corporate, mm -hmm. you know? And it happened that here I am, six, seven, eight years ago, dope. And <laughs> it, it happened, you know? And um, your 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 name, and you have an interesting name. <laughs> yeah. So my mom, my mom is, is is on the weird side of life. Okay. So, so she kind of gave me a name, Llewellyn, which is Welsh. It actually means like a lion. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, like a lion, and then um, it's it's just it, I never knew what it meant until like recently, like when I was like well five years ago. Mm. It's actually pronounced Llewellyn. You know what I mean? Okay. Flu means lion in Welsh. And that's what my mom kind of like, she, I think maybe she knew what she was doing. Right. And the, your surname is kind of French. No. So my middle name is Devereaux. My middle name is Devereaux. My surname is Sasani. But I never kind of have used my, my middle name ever. Right. So I figured that, okay, cool. Let's create a whole brand name around this. Because ah. that way, instead of like when I was younger, people couldn't pronounce Llewellyn. So I just went Louis. Right. Because people couldn't pronounce it. So then I was like, cool. Right now, let's make it simple. And keep it, you know, Lloyd and Devereaux is the brand name, so that's my middle name. That means conqueror in French, if I remember correctly. Right, man. So you've always been thinking sales and marketing, eh? No. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm, I, it just kind of kind of worked. I was like, you know what, let's just go create something. If you want to create something for the world, you have to name it right. You have to make it right. You have to, mm -hmm. it's like John Legend, you know, all these people, you know. Right, right, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a very good uh point that you make because in the that works very well in the entertainment business and yeah. a lot of people have to use have to you have to like you know like identify yourself as a certain kind as a brand when you understand that yes and, and the naming is very important very important yeah so let's talk about uh Lohokla. i mean where did this idea come through and you said you've been working on it for, for seven years yeah. only now that it's now mainstream. you know worldwide and mainstream i mean yeah. Why did it take that take take you that long? And can you just explain exactly technically what it is? I mean, Lohakla is basically a, um, a seven fifty milliliter bottle of concentrated um, beverage, basically that you mix with water, still sparkling or tonic water mm. before you sleep or after you when you wake up if you've been drinking the night before. And the whole concept of the idea was that we were we were partying and we were partying a lot on one time it was a Sunday, and then it just happened that like on. You know, Monday morning I had microeconomics theory and I was stretched. Mm. And I was like, wow, why is there nothing in the market for this? And I went to, to the pharmacy, this came at the time, and I was like, what's well, here? And they had all these pills and all these things. And I was like, man, 
you know, why is there nothing where I was? Yeah. And so because I was in the very, I was heavy in the club scene at the time, I was like, why is there nothing that's sexy and fancy mm. for the situation? Got a couple of friends together, I was like, guys, what I'm thinking of doing, and everyone put money together, and eventually we had some sort of provisional patent, and we kind of stabilized the product, we started developing the product from there, and then um, it was difficult because of the fact that, like, we knew nothing. Mm. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, but did you, you, you study chemistry? No, I knew nothing. Literally, I just had an idea. I knew what I wanted, where I wanted to go. I knew what this thing was supposed to look like. And that's why it took long because we don't realize that like when you're a consumer, there's a world that the world puts in front of you. Yes. So you deal with the waiters, you deal with the staff, you deal with, you know, some managers sometimes, I mean, it was hectic, but you never meet the people at, in the production side of things. For sure. And the production side of things isn't as glamorous as the consumer side of things, you mm. know? So it was, I had to literally reprogram my mindset from that of a consumer that of a producer and I had to make sure that I started to move in the line of the producers Yeah. because I mean in this world and life how it works if you don't produce anything all you can be proud of is what you consume mm-hmm. so that why, that's why it took seven eight years because now instead of dealing with the people that I deal with in front I had to now deal with the stakeholders people that can actually make things and I had to start hitting them up googling whatever it was knocking on doors I knocked on too many doors got too many no's things went to pay shape too many times you know failed many times as people say but I was never defeated you know and I think it came down to just keep, like, just, you know, I just kept going with it, kept going with it. I mean, now I've got a formula. It's 10% direction, 20% skill or talent, and 70% endurance. Right. And patience, perseverance, and, and persistence, you know. And that's why it took so long. Because now, the was thing of, like, it looks like alcohol, but it's not alcohol. And how do you have a product that goes totally against every other product in the bottle store? That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I had to prove that it was viable to every single stakeholder over there. And you had to earn your stripes in that. So you had to start with one store. And add, 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 add. And then people say, no, 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 no. Then you have to get distribution on that. That's a whole different demon that you have to get through. Investment, getting money. And like I said, eventually, seven, eight years later, it happened. Um, but the whole journey is the fact that you've, you, you, we had to first make sure that, or we had to prove that it was a viable thing, that people needed it. We had to talk to the producers, the side, the stakeholders, as well as the consumers to make sure we marry the two to have a product. That's when you have a product. Yes. Or, or when you have a market and you've got a, uh, a way of delivering the product to people. And marrying those two took some time, but now we've gotten it nice, it's commercial. Um, but it's for me, what I'm grateful for is the lessons that I learned in it. The, the real reward is not the reward you get. The real reward is the person you become to get the reward. Okay. So I can lose everything right now, Yeah. but I can get it back because, Absolutely. you know what I mean? So yeah. that's why it took long, because you had to reprogram yourself from that of consumer to that of a producer. So let's talk about product development a little bit. So, you know, a lot of people get ideas, they want to put them together and uh, get them out of the world. And the first thing that they tend to do is that when they, they realize, oh, I actually have to talk to people about this. Yes. You know, uh, whether I want to raise capital or I just want to bounce ideas with other people or I'm looking for co-founders, whatever it is. Yeah. First thing they do is that they write an NDA and then they force people to sign it just to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how you feel about that and how you went through that. I just think... Stupid. It's stupid. Like mostly, it's people who have never built anything before. Like yes. even a small business, that's a problem, right? So they think that an idea is just enough already to you know it's worth something, yeah. right? What was your uh, view on that when you got started? Were you, weren't you scared to say, oh, if I tell these guys about my idea, they might they got more money than me. They might just go ahead and do it. Yeah, you know the thing is, bro. The thing is, everybody you know people like to go with NDAs and 
all summers are still in my idea. Let me tell you something. People are afraid to pursue their own ideas. <laughs> their own ideas, basically. How right. the fuck are they going to go and steal your idea and pursue your idea, For right? sure. So even if they do, people can steal an idea, but no one can steal your way of executing it, right? You have a specific, unique way of expressing an idea that only you will ever have yeah. based on the reality matrix that you abide to. Because every idea is going to form itself around your reality. That's how it's going to be. So a lot of the times people will go and say, oh no, whatever, India. No, 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 bro. If someone's gonna steal your idea, that's great and everything, but you can find a niche. You can find a, you, if you are authentic to your direction and your vision of what you wanna do, you'll find a niche that no one else has seen. Yeah, yours and will be different That's anyway. what it is, you know yeah. what I mean? So talent hits a target other people can't hit, but genius hits a target other people can't see. So if you understand that concept and you create for your reality based on your own authentic expression of, of reality, you're always gonna create something new. It might be different. You might, you, someone might create Coca Cola and steal your idea, but you'll come up with Pepsi. Yeah, you know it's a different situation. Same thing, but different. Right. And when people come with NDAs or whatnot, things, someone steals their idea. I'm just like, bro, please breathe. That's why I let people tell you all the time: deal with the IP later on in life, bro. Deal with the IP once you have a product. You've got something that's viable. People like to think like their idea tomorrow is worth uh, millions <laughs> and billions tomorrow. I know. You know, I was flown to New York the one time by Pfizer, and you know. I was like, okay, here I am in Pfizer. And they wanted me to go to Atlanta to go meet Coca-Cola. Mm. You know, I wanted to go, but I just didn't have anything that was, we didn't know what the product was at the time. So I was like, no, right now we're not ready. And a lot of times you have to know who you are in your game. For sure. If you're starting out, don't act like you're at the end, bro. Don't think like, you know, I, I thought in a year it would be worth billions. I'll be a billionaire in a year or two. <laughs> right? You think like that. You know what I mean? But nah, don't forget the NDAs, forget those things. Just go, create your product. Leave the IP until later on when you've got something viable and it's 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 there and you can see what it is and then only then get serious about things because then it's a matter of okay contracts distribution partners whatever you want to go but don't come in somebody NDAs in the beginning you just you've got nothing but an idea so basically two people can have the same idea and execute it but Three, it's never going to be the same 20, 100 people meaning right. you can have the same idea but once again it's, people can have the ideas but are people going to execute on the ideas number one right you know a lot of people start things many people never get started many people start many quit. It's all about who finishes. It's, it's just like any, everyone can have a baby, but, you know, they're never going to be the same. Yeah. Right? It's like all our chemical makeup um, is just completely different. Like each and every one of us is unique in their yeah. own way. And the way you manifest and the way you look at the world is completely different. That's the right? way that it goes. Yeah. So, Drake said it nicely. It's not about who did it first. It's about who did it right. <laughs> there you go. That's the truth, right? Um, and talk about your book, um, what is it all about? And you know, there you're into the speaking, living, uh, you know, the, the world of speaking now, it's big because people are looking for motivation and guidance and leadership, right? Uh, how did you get into that? Um, so for me, I've always been talking a lot. Mm. If you look at my school, my primary school, once again, I realized that you know, I was the guy, you know, I got the marks, but I was always disrupting the class. All my demerits were talking in class, disrupting, whatever. Yeah. But people don't know that, that when you look back at that in hindsight, that's a gift, right? That's a yeah. gift to be able to express and talk and whatever. A lot of the people don't know that public speaking is the people, people is the biggest phobia people have on the planet, to in front of people, you know? But so with me, it just happened that a lot of people came to me when I was younger, coming for advice, you know, coming to me for this, coming to me for that. Time went on and I started seeing the space and like I said, I watched the TED Talks and I was like, actually, wow, I totally can do this. Yeah. I love this is something that I do and at, at the time I was doing debating, you know? And it just happened that I kept being drawn to this thing, kept being drawn to this thing. And then I guess I just needed material. So what happened was that when I wrote my first book, um, Life Love Whatever, when I was yeah, in well, two thousand and nine, which got rejected because I was too young. 
<laughs> but this lady from Penguin sent me an email saying that for you to sell this book, you have to be a psychologist or internationally recognized motivational speaker to sell the book. Right. And I took that failure and I was like, okay, let's see what happens here. And I went to YouTube and I was like, how do you become a speaker? And I was like, oh, I can really do this. I just needed to get, to get the material. Yeah. Um, and then as time went on with Lohakla, as, time, as I started doing whatever I was doing, words started to spread. People started asking me to come and speak and speak and speak. And I got irritated because of the fact that they wanted me to talk about entrepreneurial things, entrepreneurial things. And, you know, we've, we've gotten so crazy about this entrepreneurial world. Yeah, for like, sure. Oh, everyone must be an entrepreneur. Motivational speaking. And I don't, I'm not about motivation. Motivation is not, that's not my thing. People, I don't, like motivation comes and goes. I teach principles, right? So in the journey, it took me seven years to, to get Lohakla out. But in those years, I went into learning principles, universal principles about life. Yeah. Like from a whole holistic fundamental perspective to understand how we operate as people. And through that, I developed my own philosophy called the Mastery Code. The Mastery Code is built on three pillars, self-mastery, money mastery, and purpose, right? So self-mastery means that we know how a phone works, we know how a watch works, we know how everything else works, but we don't understand our own mechanism. Mm. We don't understand how our mind works, how our soul works. We don't understand how the fact that reality is not outside of yourself, is actually inside of yourself. Yeah. We don't understand energy, we don't understand patterns. We are so clueless about the world we live in, yet we claim to be these logical, great human beings. But every single animal out there in the world understands it's driven by a divine design that it knows it does no one has to tell the birds that oh they must fly north when it's when it's winter they just know that yeah. so how are they so clued up on what they need to do and we're so confused about it and i went into that stuff and i went deep i mean ancient sumeria ancient egypt i was like oh there's patterns there's similar things that keep people keep teaching why does this quote keep coming up that as a man thinketh in his heart so is he why is this why it keeps being repeated right but, okay as a man thinketh in his heart I got to this situation, I was like, oh, heart means the subconscious mind. So as a man thinketh in his subconscious mind, so is he. So now you have to understand these concepts. So whenever you replace these things in your Sanskrit or the Bible with heart and subconscious mind, it makes sense. Right. And so the self-mastery aspect teaches identity and composition. So who you are and what you're made of. Basically, your mechanism, your body, how you're able to go and attract things to you and pull things to you. How you're able to think of an idea, let something take hold of your idea, and let the universal principles take that idea that's how subconsciously to create it. That's how we create. There's nothing special about it. There's no business acumen that people need. How did I know who to call, how to contact, what to do to get you? What I've got right now is a gift. I can organize information. I can and project information and teach it and write it and package it. These are all things that I've, gifts that I've got for free that I've just done for myself. And those things are paying me right now. And then purpose, the last pillar is more about you have to use your gifts make as much money as you can whichever you want to do for your own ex for your own experiences on the physical plane right because live in a physical plane get your money but you have to contribute to something greater than you so the spirits and the soul only want two things they want to grow and express if you're not growing if you're not expressing yourself the soul feels stagnated which is why even though you can do the greatest things right now the can be great all at once but i need to be on the next thing because my soul wants to express wants to keep growing wants yes. more challenges wants to okay well, how can we create because the soul doesn't want to take a photo of reality it wants to create reality that's what it wants a lot of people get stagnated because of that because they don't understand that the inner makeup needs to needs challenges it needs problems it needs you know what i mean so those three pillars are all a philosophy of life that's in the book and because of that i've created the seminars which is also the mastery code that i've partnered up soul science my sponsor so i teach them once or every second month and i teach um principles around fear around programming around belief system because I'll finish with this part is the fact that a lot of people don't know that where they struggle in life is not because of the issue itself it's more because their belief system or their programming towards their conclusion is not supported 
So it's like if you're driving a car right now and you're clutch controlling the car right now and you can't clutch control, is it the car's fault? No, it's your no. fault. Yeah. If you don't know clutch control, you can drive any car. Yeah. Same thing. If you have an issue in life anywhere with this, you experience problems right now, it's because your programs to that conclusion are not congruent. And so once you're able to reprogram yourself, that's what the book is based on, three parts, unlearning, learning, and relearning. Once you understand how to program yourself using repetition, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. So with repetition over and as you think, in the heart, repetition, plant that seed, plant that thought, plant that idea, and create a new default setting, you're able to create a new reality. Mm-hmm. That's how reality is created. So how many, uh, I would say, how many principles do you have that like, besides what is in your subconscious mind, what are the things that you actually have to remind yourself of all the time in your everyday living? I mean, the, the, it's, it's more about my idea of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, forget about, you know, principles. It's more about how do you think of yourself? You know, the way you think about yourself will determine how you express yourself in the world. So are you, every single day, you, you know, we've been, we've been taught to have a natural negative inclination with rea- towards reality. So by the time you're 18, you've heard the word no 100,000 times. You don't even know that. So naturally, you're, you're negative. Naturally, you don't right. believe in anything. So right. what do you have to do? You have to first get rid of that program and replace that program with one that says, I can do. Okay, so how, how practically, how would how does that look like? How do you change I that? I tell myself every single day that this is, I can do things, I'm dope. I tell myself that, listen, you know, it's like, um, 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 things are provided for me that I know that, okay, cool, if, I, if I've got an idea, if I believe in myself, that I can achieve anything that I put my mind to. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. It's these things you have to tell yourself every single time. That way, whenever you have an idea, you don't kill it. Mm. Now, let's take your business as an example. When you're building it from scratch, your own, you know, you put some money with your friends and all that. Now, when it for it to scale, a lot of people are getting involved. Board members, you know, the others, and you know, the retailers also are part of it, right? Uh, your reality now is kind of affected, or the way you view the world, or what you can do, or what you can project, is somewhat affected by everyone involved. And if those people are not on the same frequency or don't have the same mindset as you, how does that affect? Your movement, your movements now. For example, the investor in your company would only think about, "Hey, I just want the numbers to make sense, right?" Yeah, but this this, this is why it comes down to you have to be able to trust when they say trust your gut. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the times, if you you know the high, you, if you want promotion in life, you you will only be promoted to the level that you're able to handle conflict in life. Okay. So a CEO isn't paid to be a CEO. He's paid to handle the conflict that arises with being CEO in a company. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So the higher you want to go in life or the lower you are, the less conflict there is. So you must expect, number one, conflict that you're going to have when you're building something. Yeah. And the only thing you have is to trust your internal radar. Trust that GPS. Trust that gut. So, yes, I've had conflict with people all the time. Friends, family, shareholders, investors, all the time. But my thing is that I will not be told to do a strategy that I don't believe in. And I'll never do something like that. So I, your first thing is to be able to, you must be able to operate with a 360 degree vision and making sure that you're able to include everybody else who has a 90 degree vision in your vision. Uh-huh. Because a lot of the times a person's going to be having their 90 degree vision and they're thinking, we want to do this. But they don't see that you're seeing the whole picture. Yeah. And so initially the conflict will come between 90 degree and 360 degrees provided that those things are not in the same line. And the issue that what you have to learn is in terms of being a leader is the fact that you must be able to communicate the 360 degree vision Maintain it and know that at some point you're not going to make everybody else happy. And if you're trying to make everybody else happy, you're going to fail. For sure. And so along the way, you lose people. People are going to come in. They're going to go. But if you stick to the vision, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. That's why what happened in the, in the, with the whole thing of the 
each, the, the Israelites in the, being in the desert. You know, if you if you if, as you, if you're Moses, and you want to go to the promised land. On the way to the promised land, there's the desert, and everyone's yeah, going to sure. move. Everyone's going to talk shit. Everyone's going to say A, B, C, D, E. But you must think with where you want to go, and everybody will come and go and adapt themselves to what you want to do. So throughout your journey, where would you say were the most critical points in your life? Like maybe there was so much difficulty, or so much excitement, or things just made sense. Like you know, you wanted to get this thing going, and then obviously, you know, most of the time, life travels on an averages, right? Most things are average, not as exciting or not as saddening. But what were the moments that were like, oh, wow, this thing seems like it's going to happen or my life changed forever that you're going to recall from now? In this journey specifically? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, there, there are moments, I guess, you know, I guess when I eventually did give a TED talk, that was like, okay, I'm supposed to kind of be here. But I think more than anything, it was because of the fact that I kept meeting people that I would never have met if I didn't get this thing started. Yeah. I would never have met you if I didn't do this. Oh, for sure. So then you start to realize and you start to be appreciative of the fact that you are able to move into a different reality based on, you look at whatever, you look at what everyone else is doing and they are living a life that is very generic, you know? And you look at your life and you're like, man, look, I'm here. I can be here. I can do this. And then you start to realize, oh, this is, not, this is making sense. And I think for me, the biggest thing was when I was flown to New York for, for free. I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. Right? How did I get here? You know? And then when money started coming in to do our clinical trials back in the days, when we started to go to the manufacturers, they made the and our first of the first bottle, and I was like, wow. It's real. It's real. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, I've been going around with a piece of paper, the patent and designs, but now I've got a bottle. Yeah. And now I've got a bottle. Now I'm like, I can sell this now. If I've got a bottle. Then you start to taste the product. We had it was first blue, then it became red. And then you start to realize these small things, everything gets it's like the skeletons, the the, the muscles. The nerves, the nerves, then the skin, then the clothes. And eventually, it got to a point where you couldn't go back anymore. This was too exciting. Even though it was painful, I mean, I had many deals go south. I've had shady deals being offered to me. Mm. I've had people walk away. Every, I've been hit in places that I never knew I could be hit. I'm still recovering off places right now that I never knew were in pain. Mm-hmm. Because you have to keep going. Right. And what, what would you define, what would you say was the most painful moment? I think the most painful moment for me, I guess, um, in this journey was... There was, there was an investment that we had years ago for 20 million. Um, and I think a week before we were supposed to close that deal, it fell apart. Uh, the guys decided to change their minds. And, but you, I built my future based Best on the fact that. that we're done. Yeah, I know. All is well right now. And from there, a lot of people in the journey went missing. A lot of people kind of gave up. A lot of people were like, it was like done, you know? And right then, I think that moment right there, I was that meeting and I was sitting with these guys and I just burst into tears. I broke down right then and there because I was like, you know, like, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, but guys, we've been sitting here going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But now I realize that those guys came to help a certain part of that business. Mm. They helped a certain part of the company or the, or the brand, and they had to leave. And you accept that. You learn one thing, a principle that every, every adversity, every failure, and every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Sure. Right? Every adversity, every failure, and every heartbreak carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Meaning that whatever you felt over there in terms of pain, you're mm. going to have to eventually you know, balance out with, right. with, with, with what you want to call happiness or... So what was that later to you? So eventually later on, that was when you look back, Steve Jobs said you can't connect the dots forward, only backwards. So looking back right now, they came and helped significantly lower our cost price. Okay. You know, they lowered our cost price by like probably, I don't know how much it was at the time, but it was significant to a point where now we have a competitive price in the market. But we didn't know that we were our, our cost price was too high at the time. Until they were like, this is, we can't sell, this doesn't make sense. And did that. And now, when we have a product, it's there, the price is right, it's perfect. But I always look at the price and think, oh, 
Because initially, yeah. initially we had the product selling at 500 rand a bottle. Now it's 249 a bottle, right? 249 a bottle. But that was because our cost price in the beginning was re- reduced by those investors that came, do what they did, and walked away. So that cost said 20 million just for you to bring down your cost price. I was like, I'm going to get 20 million here and then that's going to be the game. <laughs> it didn't happen. Okay, so another thing that uh, a lot of people that, who are entrepreneurs and whatever is that there is this concept of raising money, right? A lot of people think that when they raise money and then it's over, right? Or they think just raising money itself is the, the goal. Right? Kind of like, you know, when you raise money, then you can start living the life that you want, for example, mm-hmm. right? Because for most people, they think it's all about just, you know, ma- making money when you start a company so that you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand for you, it's more like, you know, you're, you're an entrepreneur, so you're always looking for the next thing. You know, this is a lifestyle to you in some ways at the same time. I'm, 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 I'm a divine being, not they, an entrepreneur. Right, you're a divine being. I'm a divine being. Okay, so what are the responsibilities that come when you take other people's money in your business? Because this is not a discussion that people have had so many times that they don't understand. So, so number one, everybody in life wants to improve their position. Mm. That's number one. It's called the law of increase. Everybody wants to increase the position, wants to improve where they want to go. If people knew what they were, how to improve the position or you know increase the position, they'd do that. So what they do is they look for the next best thing, where you can put money so you can move. Because the money by itself is like manure, right? Money, if you pile up money like most people do, you pile up money like manure, it smells. But if you spread it around, shit grows. Fruit. Right? So money, by, ver- by mere virtue of it, is a tool. It's meant to be used. That's mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do. So when you take people's money into your company, you must understand something that they want to do one thing and one thing only to increase their position, improve right. the position. And that's all they're going to want to do with it. They're going to put money into your company, whatever idea that you've got to basically grow whatever you've got so they can improve the position and make sure that whatever money was put in becomes more money. Right. That's what we want to do because the thing is a lot of investors, a lot of people that have money are afraid to lose it. And so because they've got that fear when it comes to money, they, 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 they want to make sure that the more money that they've got, it makes them feel, it gives them a sense of security in terms of life. Yeah. Whereas the real people who understand money is that vision attracts resources. So whenever there's vision, there's always going to be a resource to match that thing. It's like if there's a demand for vision, there's always going to be a supply for that vision. That's how it works. So you realize that you, a lot of people want to go and I've got an idea, I need money to go and I need to raise investment. No, you need to do all that you can with what you have, who you are, with, who, with what you have, as much as you can. And only when you're done with that, do you then go to the, a promoter to the next level in terms of conflict? Then you attract resources. So with me, I've seen every single part of the journey. So whenever I was done with a specific level, it's like a game. Whenever you're done with a specific level, mm. then you get promoted to the next level of money, the next level of And that, that happens when you're ready? It, oh, it happens when you're ready and when you've fulfilled all the requirements of that level that you're on. You have to do a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. So right now, I know that we're going to raise our investment right now with what we have because of our distribution. I've got orders. I've got... I've got global distribution. I've got I've got I've got people wanting product from from overseas. I have a, a, a system that's automated, so I know now, and I also know that none of us we can't we can't basically service all the stores that the product is in right now as three or four or five people. Yeah. So we need to expand, and the law of growth says that everything needs to expand. It's like a tree when it grows. It, there's a power that grows that tree. Mm-hmm. So only when you fulfill the requirements of that level do you then get promoted to the next level, and that's how money works. And what I wanted to get from you there was also, so when you say you raised 20 million, what does that mean? 
So what it means the, the responsibility that you so have. So it means that right now I need to be able to look and say, okay, cool for the next level right now. So we're raising we're raising fifteen to twenty million right twenty million rand right now. Mm. So what does the company, what does the brand need right now? It needs brand managers, it needs vehicles, it needs a place where everyone comes together so we can, you know, get ideas flowing. It needs um so 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 it needs stocks. We need to be able to then understand the game. We need we need um, um, a, a global trademark. You know we need um, yeah. So that's based on the IP front. So the money is basically based around what the business and the brand needs to get to the next level of the game, and that's how you raise. Capital. And and the, and the responsibility to that to, to the investors that you have to prove all these things because yes, you, you know you raise money based on the whatever milestones that, that your roadmap that you have yes. and it has to match that yes. the, the spending that's what it is. You, have to, you, have to, you have to be smart that's why you must never ever want to get money or the blessing before it's time mm. if I had gotten the 20 mil the time that I got it I would have messed it up right. I wasn't the right mindset right now right now I'm right because now I know I'm responsible that I know who we're trying to go I get the game but back then it was about oh let me ball which is why I said to you that you have to go from the consumer mindset mm. to that of the producer the producer, the, the farmer thinks differently to the person who eats the produce. Yes. You know what I mean? For sure. And so once you get rid of that consumer mindset, then you're free to say, okay, well, I need this. I need to plan. I need to buy this many vehicles, that many things. Oh, we need to get an HR division of board so we can have the brand managers do A, B, C, D, E. And it comes when you're ready. That's why it takes time, bro. It takes time. You have to earn your stripes. How, how do you absorb your game? Like, what is your, uh, what are your, the, your sources of learning? How do you learn? I learn from everything. Everything and everyone has my mentor. And that's what I see is that, that internal diagnostic that intern, internal radar will put you in front of people so you don't need to know everything you just have to make sure you've got experts around you mm-hmm. I'm, I'm great I think I'm dope but what makes me really 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 awesome are the people that I have in my life and the people that know me my networks my networks make me a fucking champion yeah right I think I'm I think I'm good I think I'm 8 out of 10 great you know always room for improvement yeah. but, my, but the word on the street about my ability that changes the game for me but I can tap into everyone's superior knowledge that person knows so much more about that thing for me. I sit there and listen. Yeah. And then, you know, apart from that, I learned from, in terms of books and people that have come before us, to understand the mindset, the game, the, the, the game that I speak of about the fact that the, to build a philosophy of life, because that's where the game is. It's all up here in the mind. Once you win the battle in the mind, you can win it in reality. Yeah. And uh, what are the, some books that you can recommend to the listeners that you think would be useful for their own mindset shifting? Well, first and foremost, James Allen, As a Man Thinketh. Okay. Um, an essay by Ralph Waldo Emerson called Self Reliance. Uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Um, the Prince, Machiavelli. That's an advanced reading kind of book. Um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey. And maybe one last one, maybe I'll say Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite by Paul Arden. I think those ones. And my book, obviously, The Mastery Code. <laughs> I was waiting for that. 25 <laughs> chapters. Boom. www.tmcglobal.co. Okay, well, whose uh, website is that? That's, that's my website for two pre order the book. Okay, fantastic, man. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Um, or just share? Yeah, man, I guess you know, I'm on social media. He's, he's great TBC. Great BTC. Great BTC. BTC for Bitcoin, so it's easy. Oh, to Bitcoin, remember. okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm Master Louis, Master L-U-I underscore, Twitter, Instagram. Um, but I was going to say, man, it takes time. Um, earn your stripes. Um, 10% direction, 20% skill or talent. And 70 percent um, endurance. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. There's nothing more. There's no magical press down, shaking to get the method run over. There's no zero to hero microwave method. It takes time, and you can't replace time. But you want to earn your stripes because once you've earned your stripes, people can't take that away from you. Right. So that's my biggest challenge in life: earn your stripes. Mm. Earn your damn stripes. Power. 
So to, to a, a lot of young people, lastly, you know, that are watching this, I, I like to meet a lot of black entrepreneurs because of what it represents as well. Because, you know, I was talking to uh, Mart Arnett the other day. He's from the Bahamas. So I was saying, that, look, people like you actually show a lot of young people like, hey, you know, all you can be is it's not just being an entertainer or, you know, uh, you know, the predictable things that life present to us simply because we see them too much. There's a lot of other opportunities, right? Exactly. Uh, what do you think we can do as a community to kind of shift that? To shift what? To, to the, the mindset of, of, of the exposure of what our young people can see of, I mean, to see much of their own abilities of what they can be, right? Because, you know, you have so much confidence now to telling me about how I'm about to leave this and, you know, jump into probably car manufacturing. I want to create my own car vehicle, right? Most people cannot think like that. You know, how, do, how can we change the mindset within our community, especially at a younger age? So, so, so I guess there's, so there's, there's, so I tend to shy away, not shy away, but I, I walk away whenever people have the, the narrative of race, right? Mm. Because the narrative of race limits people in their frame of operation. So we will be like, oh no, you know, black owned, you know, and that's great. Black owned is great if you want to call it that. But then do you think a person, if your product ends up being exported to China, do you think they care about the fact that this is not black or whatever? No, it doesn't. So the narrative that you speak of only fits the reality that it kind of means something to. Mm -hmm. So when you say something is black owned, it really means something to a population of Africans who are looking for these specific things. But a lot of the times people make the decisions in the market based on quality and based on advertising. 100%. say on the shop and say, oh, you know, or whatever, whatever, you know? So that's one thing that we have to kind of like let go of people and say, let's let go of this whole black nonsense. And let's start looking at the fact that money only for, will always follow value. If you give you a value, we're gonna buy your shit. That's right. what you have. 100%. And in terms of the mindset aspect, because you must understand something, that oppression in itself kills the belief system of a person. Mm. So the only way people's, in any race, in any situation, in anything, if you wanna address the mindset, a lot of people think, you throw money at the problem. You can't throw money at a mindset problem. Yeah, for sure. What people need is exposure. And so when people see, like you say, when people see, oh, there's a female doing whatever, whatever it means, then that I'm able to do it as well. For sure. If someone says, well, I was watching a show the other day about this lady, or oh, she's a, 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 she drifts in Poland, right? She's in car drifting. Right. And she's the greatest, she's the best um, female drifting um, person in Europe, right? And in a society like Poland, where it's about men go to work, and females stay at home and whatever. So she had to break that mold, right? For sure. But the thing is, the mind cannot, cannot be what it does not know, what it does not see. So exposure is very important. So the more people are, be, are willing to tell their stories and show and say, this is what, I, what we have to do, this is, what, this is what, what's possible, what can be done, it, re, it redesigns what the mind thinks is possible. Then it thinks, okay, I'm able to go and choose that reality for myself. And that's what it comes down to. It just comes down to more people doing, breaking away from the old mindset of, you have to be going to be an accountant, be a doctor, be whatever this, and be able to express more, do more. Right. And then sure. that inspires people, because the word inspire is from the Latin word inspirare, meaning to breathe life within. Okay. So you breathe life in with the word inspiration, where you get the word respiration, inspiration. Yeah. So when people see it, it breathes life into them because it gives them a new way of looking at reality. For sure. And so there's nothing specific you have to do to change the narrative or the mindset, just live. As soon as you live. Just live great. What happens is that we, we believe in oneself is contagious. So each one of us gives each other an unconscious permission to be extraordinary. Right, for sure. It's an unconscious permission. By being or by being extraordinary self. No, so, so so by being by you being it, people think people see that it becomes a new normal. Right, right. Now it's no right. longer this mystified thing where it's like, 
oh, whatever. When you do it, people are like, oh, if he's doing it, especially if people know where you come from. For sure. Nothing is greater than that as per way. People know, this guy was in my same high school with me. Yeah. He went in the same place as me. For how sure. How is he? What, what did he do? And people come to you and say, oh, what? how did you get there? And then you give them the keys. The keys are not anything physical. It's all up here. Right, for sure. Control this It's thing not the amount of money you can ever give them. That's it. If you want to help people, if you want to help people with the mindset, give them books to read. People don't read. They want to talk about what they want to change, but they don't read. They don't sit there. Okay, so that's a good point. I uh, was watching a video last night. A friend sent it to me. So what do you say to this thing called black tax that it's popular now on YouTube? I don't know. Have you seen those videos? Well, it's, it's, it's more about people having to go and pay. Um, like, it's, it's more about people having to help their parents. Yeah. Um, with expenses, I'm guessing. No, no, not, not parents as such, just like their family. family. Yeah, yeah, with expenses. Mm. But why is it the, why does that exist? It's because people that came before didn't lose the money. Right. That's the whole issue. It's because of the fact that people went and they were taught, save up money, work, work, work your whole life, and then eventually have enough money to retire. And a lot of people didn't plan long term. Mm. So how would you change that? Would you go back and try to re-educate people before you, or you would just try to fix the future? No, saying, so the first things first, you must become powerful. You right. must become powerful. When I say powerful, you must become a self-sustaining, independent individual. Okay. And for that to happen, you must be able to understand money. You must become rich. Only then can you help people. A lot of people, you can't go and earn 20K and want to help problems of your family that are worth 200,000 rent. So what you must do is get yourself independent, get yourself powerful, read, get the knowledge, get the understanding of money, and then from there, learn how to make a million rand. Yes. And do that. Then from there, then you teach people from a position of power about how money works, how that works. And going forward, you teach your children the exact same thing, the mindset of it. Not necessarily about how to consume. That's what you do. Exactly. People yeah. don't receive responsibility. That, like you say, you can, you can change a mindset problem with money. Sorry, money. No. Right. But in the first place that you must become powerful, you must go and say, I'm standing, taking a stand for my family, for my life, for my community, for my people, and I'm going to make, take responsibility and make something happen for this. And then you're going to go isolate yourself and get the knowledge. Mm. Get the knowledge, get the wisdom, do the actual work, even though they might hate you for it. And then from there, once you've got the power, you bring it back. So what were you, then the, the hardest things that you had to learn in your life? You know, like skills that were, were not kind of <clears throat> coming from within. I, I think you, it sounds like you're a natural speaker from, from what I can tell and, you know, a divine person, like you say. But what were the things that you had to actually go out and learn those skills. Like for myself, I used to be super introverted, right? Uh, to learn to be able to be extroverted when I need to speak to people and things like that. What were those things to you? I, I had to learn how to focus my energy. Mm. You know, um, I had to learn that the difficult thing for me was that when I was starting out, I had many ideas. A lot of people have many like ideas like belly buttons. Everyone has it. But some of us have got more. Some of us have a wider awareness, a greater attention span to certain seeing certain things. So you want to create so many, many things. And I had to learn. I mean, when I was doing a lot of this point, I think I had like three or four or five ideas happening concurrently. Then I learned something that where your attention goes, power flows. It's like a magnifying glass. So it's like you can't burn something by doing this. You only burn something by focusing on it. And I, my biggest lesson for my, for my personal thing was, number one, I had to learn how to take something, let go of certain ideas and focus on one. Yeah. Number one. Second thing I had to learn <clears throat> was in terms of people. I couldn't give myself to people all the time because a lot of people, <clears throat> I think, took advantage of the fact that I was this kind of person and I was always trying to help people, you know? But I learned one lesson, the fact that you can't be all things to all people at the expense of being nothing to yourself. So you have to be able to marginalize people and control that. So for me, it wasn't necessarily about skills. I could always do something. If I was passionate about something, I can sell. Anyone, 
if you're going to be passionate about something, you can sell anything to anybody. You know? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but I had to learn those soft skills of focus your energy, focus your attention, focus everything you want to do. Number two, understand that not everybody's going to be for you. Be able to control the people that are in your life. Be able to be able to look and say, this person's bullshit. Let go of a person. Let, let go of losers. Yeah, for sure. Some people are going to get better. Let go of this, this person. Loser. Let go of him. Stop yeah. trying to think it's going to get better. They don't get better. Let go. You must save yourself first. And yeah. Those are things that a lot of people don't talk You'll about. You'll come first. No one talks about those things. And only now, I'm learning to take care of myself, putting myself first. You know, because you think, oh, I'm going to save the world. No, fuck that, bro. Take care of yourself first. Yeah, that is a very good point, eh? because <laughs> everybody always feel like they, most people always feel like they have to, you know, before they look at themselves, they always have to take care of the world first before they, yeah, like you can't help people when you, yeah. you're struggling yourself. You can't. Your cup must run, must run, must run over first. These are principles once again, you know, these are not like. And that is very super <coughs> ancient, like very long, you know. It's a long time ago, bro. Yeah. I know you that labor among its day. It's been said a long time ago. Understand the concept, you know, don't be and include yoked with people. You know, now you have a person who's positive, another person who's negative. How can we exist? So I asked Fazam this question. So, so how, with your mindset, how do you make decisions in terms of like politics? I don't, I don't, I don't involve myself in politics. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a low man's game. Me, me, me neither. I think, I think the same. But it's something that I'm constantly curious about. The, when thing I think is, the thing is, when you, understand, when you understand yourself, you don't operate in the same way anymore. I don't look at flags. I don't think, oh, no, South Africa, whatever. I'm from South Africa, but I have went above South Africa in the sense that now I'm looking at the world. And that's how people think in Silicon Valley. They think, they're not thinking, how do we get New York? They're thinking, how do we control the whole world? The whole world, yeah, for How sure. do we do, you know what I mean? And that's the mindset. So why don't you start thinking like that? You, you don't care Atta- about Attachments of, you know, the, but the, the same thing you, you were talking about at the beginning of like concepts and belief systems. Yeah, you know, it's like, I mean. Constructed. Like, it's the thing about politics that makes it really limiting to you is the fact that it's like any other limiting belief. It's like, it's like I'm an Austin supporter, right? Mm. And for me, I hate that that I'm an Arsenal supporter, but I'll take it. I watch Arsenal, and when I, Arsenal plays, I am not. I don't care about the game as soccer as a whole. Mm. I care about that Arsenal wins, and if Arsenal loses, I'm in pain. Same thing with politics. Because you have an emotional in- connection, connection to, with something, yeah. they must win, and if they don't win, you've lost something. Man. And what does it mean to even be like, ah, oh, I'm left or right? You know, you're just subscribing to a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of ideas just, that you have no control. Of. You've got no control. But let's talk about sports. I mean, I used to be an Arsenal fan myself. And when the losses became too much, I quit. Now I'm a Manchester City fan. I still <laughs> check out on Arsenal. <laughs> but I just don't think it's fair when a coach or a manager or the owner can change teams however the, however they want but me as a fan I'm the only one who should stick to it yes, that doesn't make sense to me anymore that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying that's what sucks about that's why it's soccer so I wish I wasn't a supporter right like, man so join I mean, Man City man it's winning no, it's, 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 invested it's, a lot of money it's, 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 once again it's a, a soccer team is subconscious I don't know how you're able to go and change it but you know, I changed man you, you I, I, I like to win man I saw the, 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 the broad uh, Pep Guardiola into it I'm like god damn it this is the winning spirit that I like, see, you know, you want they, they want to crash. No everybody. loyalty, no loyalty whatsoever. <laughs> so that's one thing. I just oh yeah, there you go. You want to you want to box me into loyalty? Yeah, right you, now. See, you see, all I do right now is something you have to connect yourself to the world and say, okay, cool, I'm here. I was what to talk about. Like I said, I hate it, but we won three two on Saturday, so that's dope. <laughs> yeah, it, it very we very strong. And and Man City won eight. Man City won eight now. Yeah, okay, but yeah, okay, but Man City is like it's a demon now. You see, that, that's what I like. When, when I see a team, I was like, okay, if I would want to, to if I would want to own a team myself, it would have to be to, to be something like Man City. 
where like it crashes everybody in the way. No, like Arsenal, it's like it's not aggressive enough for me. So right? you basically jump around teams. You know, if it if it does make sense, and I, I can be loyal to some level, yeah, but it, it, ha- it has to make sense. If it works for you, it works for you. You just have to have a whole lot of like T-shirts. For Man sure. City, Arsenal, Man United, you must just. Some, but like, I would never support Man United. I, I don't. I hate it for some reason. I just don't. It's just oh, okay. within. I just don't like it. Yeah, they're going through a bit of a situation. And they, I'm happy for them. Whatever they're going they're through. They're going through the worst right now. They're yeah, I like them a little bit when Ibrahimovic was there because he's a you know he's one of my favorite players. Time. Yeah. Really great individual before soccer player, yeah, he's actually. A, he's a dope, Super solid he's a guy. guy. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, we almost Power. talked for an hour now. Power! Fantastic. Hello once again, and that was the end of our conversation. And just before you go, just want to communicate a few things with you uh, quickly. If you have uh enjoyed any of the podcasts or this specific podcast episode i would appreciate it if you share it with your friends and family through your social media twitter facebook etc etc as well as write me a five-star review on itunes or apple podcast app that would be fantastic it helps me flourish and sustain this podcast as well now we also on other platforms like soundcloud uh, stitcher radio um and all other major podcast platforms so whichever way you're listening to it i would appreciate it if you leave me a review you can also subscribe to the Graph podcast through my website graybc.com g-r-e-y-j-a-b-e-s-i.com there you also find some of the blogs that i'm writing sometimes and you get notified as soon as the new episode has been published until next time enjoy and be productive <laughs>